to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart here with our 2019 season finale podcast episode. Joining me remotely, I have Nova Polite. Nova, how are you doing tonight? I'm outstanding. How are you doing? I am good. And Kimberly Janola. Kim, how are you? I am exhausted. It was a long weekend at the Four States Open. I bet. So let's go ahead and get into it. We'll start with our first segment, like we always do, What You've Been Disking, where each one of us shares one or more things that we are excited about, about relating to disc golf. And uh, yeah, Nova, what you got? Well, uh, Kim and I went down to the Four States Open in Joplin, Missouri this weekend past. We just got home this afternoon. Um, We took all the cash. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> She's being modest. It was actually her first A-tier FPO win, so it's a pretty momentous occasion. Uh, yeah, that's true. It feels pretty good because I'm old, so <laughs> so winning an A-tier in FPO is kind of a big deal. I think I might have an A-tier win in Masters. I'm not sure, mm. uh, but Mixing it up with the kids is more fun. Yeah, right on. No, that's fantastic. Congrats to you. How was it? How was the weather for you guys down there? It was windy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, mild otherwise, but the big story of the weekend was the wind. Yeah. Oh, she's not even joking. We're talking like Kansas in late mm. winter, early spring wind. It was It was considerable at times. Oh, for sure. Uh, it was uh, howling out of Oklahoma because Oklahoma blows. <laughs> and it was like uh, probably 15 or 20 steady mm-hmm. and then uh, 35 or so on the gusts. Um, the overstable discs were getting a lot of work. Mm. Uh, but it was kind of fun because I'd looked at the forecast ahead of time and I knew which direction the wind was going to be blowing and what direction the courses are oriented. Mm. So even before setting foot on the courses, I was already planning the long bomb shots with like the over, um, the understable discs and stuff. Mm. And it was really fun to then actually go out in the wind and execute on that. Awesome. Well, congrats again. That's super. Uh, yeah. Thank Kim. You. Kim, what else do you got? Well, aside from looking forward to a whole bunch of tournaments in Emporia. Mm-hmm. So we've got the Emporia ladies open the dynamic discs open and the radius open coming in October. My big story from four States is I got a birdie on hole one at Carl junction. Mm. And this may not sound like too big a deal. I mean, it's like a 270 something foot hole, you know, it's, it's nothing from a distance perspective that intimidating but it is a water carry Mm. 250 of it is pretty much a water carry Mm -hmm. because you start off throwing over water and it has to go over water and then finish right Mm. so and not only that if i may uh, jump in the gap that you have to hit to access the green is over the water so if you screw it up either way you're going in the water it's hit the gap or lose a disc yeah, it's it's not as though uh, there there is a safe way to play it. I mean, if there's no way to sit, you can't safely play it for two. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. Um, there there are ways you could try to go up and around on the right side and play for three, but 
I wanted to get a two. The first time I played this hole, way back in 2016, I lost, uh, like, really my first wave, MVP wave I'd ever mm. received. And I was kind of heartbroken on that because they went in the water, never to be seen again. And that has been the hole that has signified the four states open to me. It was, it was that one. Because there's a bridge on your right, raging water going by you, trees on your right preventing you from taking a big hyzer, trees on your left preventing you from taking a big anhyzer, mm. which, you know, with proper skill you can, of course, anhyzer or you can forehand as a righty. I chose the forehand line. Mm. I put it inside circle one. I was mm. pretty happy that this hole, which had really destroyed me the first time I ever played courses in Joplin, I got through it, and I got the two. That's awesome. What uh, what disc did you drive with? A uh, plasma servo. Cool. Yeah. And uh, she hasn't mentioned this, but it's also a blind shot. The basket isn't visible mm. from the tee. Mm. Awesome. Well, congratulations. That's that's really cool. And I know you've worked really hard on your forehand game, so that's super rewarding. I think to you know be able to execute in tournament like that. That's great. Yep. The only other thing, and I know I'm like monopolizing the what you've been disking <laughs> segment right now by, bringing, finale. It's by bringing more stuff on here. Um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we made the trip up to Marlette, Michigan for Gyropalooza. Mm, yeah. so, oh, a lot of fun. Right. So all of the MVP fans um, know what Gyropalooza is. Yeah. It's the fan gathering up at MVP headquarters. There are some casual rounds of golf. You can meet uh, the staff of MVP Disc Sports and members of Team MVP. Hang out at the warehouse for a fly mart. There was a glow round on Hunt's Hideaway, which is a brand new course that was just put in. Basically, in the lead up to uh, Gyropalooza because the Marlette Disc Golf course was closing. Mm. So there was a lot going on. It was a lot of fun. Uh, got to meet a whole bunch of fans of the of the company who love the plastic, love to throw <laughs> it. And uh, a lot of people from the fan page. So yeah. it was uh, good to finally put faces to names for a lot of people that I've interacted with online. That's awesome. It was a lot of fun to get a look behind the curtain too. Mm. Because you? there's a, a lot going on there that isn't really out there. And it's very exciting to see it up close and in person. Mm-hmm. Did you get any like secret intel about new molds or anything? No, no, <laughs> no I did not. No, nobody did. Bummer. Nobody at Gyropalooza learned anything like that. Electron proxy. Oh, that would be. Wait, okay is that is me. that is that true? Or no, you... it's not true. It's just a, that's what the fan base that has been what... yelling for for like the you last two right. years. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty. Do we get electron Behave proxy? you. I'm pretty happy with my electron matrix. That's gonna get my. Uh, my happy new mold going for a while. But anyway, uh, so for me, I have kind of a, a happy sad. So part of the reason. Oh, no. no, but it, it, I, well, you know, it's OK. Um, part of the reason why we took a little break from the podcast about a month ago is that my husband and I lost our, our first dog. He was 12 and uh, it was the first dog for both of us. So it was definitely, you know painful and and really sad um but we have another dog and he's six his name's zeppelin and he's a rescue guy um that we got outstanding when he was like, yeah four or five months old and 
Uh, I've always felt like he would probably make a pretty good disc golf dog. Like he'll play fetch, but he's not really like he understands to not chase things that he's not supposed to chase. And uh, sure, that's an important trait. Yeah, right. So sure enough, we took him out to a nine hole for the first time a couple weeks ago, and he did awesome. Like he'll sit and wait for you to throw. Like he just totally gets it. Um, so I took him out and did some field work last week, and then uh, yesterday I took him back to the nine hole just by myself, and it was so fun to have you know my little disc golf dog buddy, and he's doing really really good with it, and uh, he seems to really enjoy it. He just kind of has this like happy trot around the course. So I am very, very excited to have a disc golf dog. I was always, you know, kind of hoping that that would work out. So we finally got around to it and uh, it's awesome. That's really heartwarming. I'm glad it worked out that way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah because there's a lot of ways where that could have gone wrong. You know, right. you could have you you gotten out there and it's like the dog tries to bite the wheel on everybody's carts or right. something. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully he's he's really much more behaved outside even than inside. Um, he kind of just calms down, I think, because he doesn't have his own like place to protect or things to hurt or whatever the case may be. He just kind of enjoys the the air, enjoys getting to stick his head out the window on the way there, and uh, yeah. Oh, that's the best so, thing ever for a dog. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask: is when you get to the course and he gets to stretch and and move about and see people. Does yeah. he get all excited and bound about like, this is the best day ever. Yes. This is the best day ever. Like I should take a video of it. Cause he like literally does this like happy trot. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Like his head, you know, is up a little higher and he just kind of trots around and he gets a little tired of me telling him to sit. But like, as soon as we stop at a hole, he's already kind of gotten that mode that like, okay, I have to sit now because <laughs> it's time to throw. And uh, yeah, he's doing great. So Awesome. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Coach Nova's Red Hot Tip Top Tip. Number 13. Woo! Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Veronica B says, I love the selection they have. Discs popular with women can be hard to find, but not here. I love the t-shirts and hoodies. I live in them. Nikki N says, I love every product I've gotten from LFDG. Customer service is fantastic and fast shipping. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. It's time for Coach Nova's Red Hot Tip Top Tips. Quick clips of gripping tips and surprising advising with no compromising. Coming to you bi-weekly on the Ladies of the Chain. Hey everybody, Coach Nova here. Everybody loves a good in the bag. It's fun to see what our favorite players are throwing and to hear their thoughts on why they throw what they do. But something I've never seen is a good out of the bag. What I mean by that is that unless you've got a caddy working for you full-time, every gram, ounce, kilogram, or pound that you're slugging around adds up to wear and tear on your joints and fatigue in your muscles. And if you do have a caddy, it's still wearing them out. Be kind. Caddies are people too. Every time you pick up your bag, you're doing work. 
specifically the mass of your bag multiplied by the distance you lift it. Do that a hundred times in a round, and surely enough your collection of miscellaneous gear becomes the disc golf equivalent of sliding a couple of extra weights on the curl bar. Take a look through your bag and see how you can lighten the load. Do you really need your entire collection of 34 pencil stubs? Probably not. I'll bet two or three do just fine. Unless you have three hands, you probably don't need all of your grippy powder bags, and they're heavier than their small size would suggest. Do you really need to carry your whole stack of practice putters around for the whole round? Every three discs is another pound, half a kilo, that you're lugging around. I could belabor the point, but I'll stop there. If you have a small scale, take all of the excess things from your bag and weigh them and add up the total. Unless you're already a nut for neatness, it may surprise you just how many extra pounds you're lugging around and picking up and putting on your back again and again. Knowing what to put in your bag is tip-top, but knowing what to leave at home is red-hot tip-top. All right, and we are back with women's disc golf trivia, and we're going to do... Also known as Be- Becca Stumps, her friends. Why do you do this to us? Because <laughs> I love it. Um, and this is Hall of Fame Take Two. So the Hall of Fame classic. We did so well last I time. I know, right? Yeah. It's coming up here, the Hall of Fame classic, in a couple weeks. It's the uh, finale of the national tour. So I reached back out to Sarah Nicholson because this was her idea in the first place. So we've got a couple questions uh, thanks to Sarah. And then Sarah reached out to Elaine King for one as well. So there you go. Um, so here we are. And question number one. How many FPO world titles are collectively held by the women in the Disc Golf Hall of Fame? Kim, your guess? Um, geez. Um, I'm going to say 21. Nova, your guess. I'm going to go with. 11. So right in between your numbers, it's 15. We bracketed correct okay, so, so well. Yes, so Juliana has five, Elaine has five, right. Des has three. three. And then Vanessa Chambers has two. And there's your math. <laughs> wow, I was expecting some, like, s- some single entry winners from the past to be in there, too. Right. Okay. Yeah, hey, our, our sport is really, really young, which goes into this next question. Oh, God. How many women weren't over 40 at their time of their induction? We'll start with (laughs) Nova this time. Your guess. Ah, You hate me. (laughs) You hate me so much. I mean, you can do this. I believe you. No, this is beautiful. This gives me an opportunity to show off my humility. (laughs) Yeah. You want to give me a I literally don't know. I... I couldn't even guess. I, I'm stumped. Becca has successfully stumped her friends, which makes me the winner, I guess. I don't know. That's not really fair. <laughs> Kim, do you want to shout out a guess? You're okay. not so smart. The answers are right there on that card. <laughs> exactly. You're reading them. So Macy I understood the question. How many women are in the Hall of Fame that were brought into the Hall of Fame before, their, before they were master's age? Correct. With apologies to all of the great women that preceded me in this sport, I'm going to say zero. Okay. The correct answer is two. So Juliana was just 37 when she was inducted. And Vanessa... Knew that was going to I know, me. right? And Vanessa um, was 35. But like, again, 
to me, that just speaks to how young this sport is. Uh, it's easy to forget sometimes because we're so involved and we love it so much. And, and while we do have this history and we have this Hall of Fame and it's fantastic, uh, we're still pretty new. We're still we're still growing up and all of that good stuff. All right. Last question. I think oh. you got a shot. I think you got a shot. This is a good one. So one year, the Hall of Fame commemorative disc was offered in a brand other than Innova. What brand of disc and which female Hall of Famer was in that induction year? You've got some clues in that one. Kim, your guess. Discraft the Lane King. Boom! For the win! <laughs> Give her the easy one, sure. All right. Poor Nova. Anyway. And thus concludes this season of Women's Disc Golf Trivia. All right. No, you no. Can, you call, it, call it its proper I, name. Becca Sumser Friends. Name. There you go. I'm but, declaring you the champion. <laughs> well, but this is good because, you know, we just started this segment kind of partway through the season so everybody can study on the off season. And I don't know, maybe I'll make you ask me the questions next season. How does that sound? <laughs> I might have to start doing that. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, just don't be surprised if I Bilbo Baggins you and be like, what have I got in my pocket? <laughs> nice. What disc am I currently holding right now? All right, so we'll transition into our topic of the week. And our topic this week, we're just going to kind of have a free-flowing conversation. Uh, recapping the season, recapping 2019, we've got uh, some season left for sure. The three of us definitely have some tournaments still on the calendar. Um, but, you know, it's a it's a good time of year to kind of start reflecting, start looking ahead a little bit as well. So let's start with talking about some of our favorite moments of our own personal season. Kim, why don't you get us started? Uh, the highlight from a competitive standpoint would have to be winning the inaugural FP40 Glassblown yeah. Open division. Yeah. So uh, not only the significance of having that division at this event was was big for us. You know, we have tried to get it a couple years and this was the first year it was actually offered. I also played very well especially um, the first two rounds and, and managed some rough conditions at a course that usually mm. eats me alive pretty good. Um, from a, a general standpoint, the number of people who have approached me this year mm. and have said that this podcast in some way has helped them mm. was kind of stunning to me. Absolutely. You just um, took my answer. <laughs> it you expect that somebody will probably be entertained or you know they'll maybe they'll be amused or um the fact that it's women talking about disc golf, you know, it it it, it fills a need for them as an audience hmm. that they have this available to them. But the number of women and men who've come up to me or have sent me messages on Facebook or, or something to that effect that have said this podcast has helped them, helped their game in some manner. It's, it's stunning. You know, it, I know when you started this whole thing, you, you had an idea of what you wanted to do. It, it never even occurred to me that I might give some piece of advice on one of these topics. And because of that piece of advice, somebody 
salvaged a bad round or won a tournament or regained a confidence in a stroke or something like that. And so every time somebody comes up to me and says, hey, you're you're part of Ladies of the Chains, right? And I'm like, well, it's it's really Becca's, but I'm one of the co-hosts. And she, your segment on this just did so so much for me. I was like, oh my God, thank you. I'm it's really heartwarming to hear that. Thank you for letting me know. So And it's not just the uh, mechanical side of disc golf either. A lot of uh, men and women have uh, come up to me and said that something we discussed on the show was thought provoking or eye opening. Mm-hmm. And that's a great feeling. Because if I can get more people to think more, then that's really making the world a better place. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really awesome. Certainly, that's <laughs> going to be one of mine, uh, mine as well. Um, I actually looked over things this morning, and I'm happy to report that this season we had uh, in 2019 uh, 29 episodes, and we had 31 unique voices throughout those 29 episodes. Um, and that's something that's really important to me um, is that we get a lot of different people involved, a lot of different uh, viewpoints from just a wide variety of women in the sport. And I'm really happy with those numbers. Uh, I have plans for next season to actually expand the number of voices um, and stay tuned in the off season as I put that plan all together. Um, I'm very excited. About, for that. Yeah, that's all going to going to shake out but yeah thank you so much to all of our listeners uh thank you to everybody who's reached out to us um i am very heartened as well um especially i know of of several um women that have kind of dug in their heels and been inspired to to do some things themselves particularly with uh ladies leagues around the country and starting new ladies leagues i know that we've helped encourage a few of those this season and that's always you know the most exciting thing to me uh, just building community and growing the sport is really what it's all about um so yeah and stay tuned <laughs> we got over a thousand likes on facebook now and over 900 followers on instagram and i i know pretty much exactly what's going to go down for the giveaway for that so that'll be coming out here in the next few weeks um so yeah so what about maybe some more about our own personal uh playing highlights this season nova do you have a uh, favorite highlight of of yours um yeah i think uh as far as that goes because you know i don't really like to focus on playing disc golf that much i just want to talk about it (laughs) i i uh i I travel around and go to tournaments and then just talk to people i don't actually throw these things that's ridiculous (laughs) i had a lot of fun this year at uh the Kansas City uh, Diva Fever, excuse me, Diva Spring Fever, and the Omaha Ladies Open. I had been away from Omaha for a couple of years, and it was really good to get back to that. It's uh, just really heartening to see so many women coming together for one tournament. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're part of the, uh, oh, what's it called, Heartland? uh, Heartland Women's Series. Heartland Women's. Yeah, why why couldn't I remember that? That seems really easy. And uh, there's one more just coming up at the end of this week in Emporia. Uh, Jackie Moe and uh, Denise Cameron are putting on the Emporia Ladies Open. And so I'm really excited to be able to get to three of this series this year. Yeah, and some other things. Um, I got to go out and play 
Smuggler's Notch this year, yeah. and I went and played Masters Worlds. And I'm jelly. My performance aside, you know, I had a fantastic time out there in terms of meeting a lot of the the women who, you know, were were the early pioneers of the sport yeah. and have really carried it. And especially you're carrying the masters and divisions now. Um, I also loved playing those courses. It, um, the Green Mountain Championship was just a couple weeks ago, and we were watching some of the footage, and I was seeing, you know, certain holes on Fox Run where it's just like, I want to go throw that so <laughs> freaking bad. Yeah. And you, like, you want to throw it again? Well, yeah, I want to throw it again. There, there was just this. The best way I can describe it is when you arrive at kind of the parking area for the entire course, you are looking out at hole one and looking up at hole 18, which are two of the more picturesque holes at Fox Run. And you just want to throw them. Mm -hmm. you, you, you just want to get out and you want to throw. And I imagine, you know, Liz, who got to go to Maple Hill, is going to, tell a very similar story about getting to go to Maple Hill and see those holes for the first time and then having to watch any coverage of Maple Hill. Mm -hmm. Gonna want to throw them. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, my season was so weird this year in terms of just playing. Um, you know, I came out playing really well and feeling really, really good about my game. And mm -hmm. then from June on, it, it was not as good in terms of tournament play. And that's right when I went full time at my job. And that's just how it works sometimes, you know, I love my job and I'm super thankful for it, but it did disrupt my, my practicing, my tournaments and some things like that. Um, and I think I'm starting to find the balance a little bit more now. And I'm hoping that, um, like everything's feeling great. I had some like weird nagging, just ticky tack injury type stuff kind of through the season too. And like everything feels so good right now and throwing feels awesome. Um, so the performance part wasn't maybe as great as the season went on, but I had so much fun. Like I got to play two A tiers this year. I think my favorite tournament of the year um, was probably the Kansas City Wide Open. Um, I just enjoyed the heck out of that tournament. And, uh, you know, it kind of gave me my playing highlight, too, in round three where at Waterworks I got to drive the very short downhill hole eight and get my disc closer to the basket slightly than Paul Macbeth did two days before. So <laughs> that was my probably favorite throw of the year. Um, parking that hole for a birdie was pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, kind of a weird kind of ratings going downhill, you know, as the season went on, but I uh, still have a couple more tournaments left to make, you know, some more, memories and and hopefully like uh you know pick up the rating a little bit but also i'm just enjoying the game and and really focusing on that even more so than i was early in the season because it just is what it is right now and and that's okay well and that's okay to go through little slumps like that oh, from yeah. time to time especially yeah. if they're motivated by external factors i uh i had a little bit of a slump myself and uh June and July, and I think it's because I almost died, um, which is, I'm not going to lie, it is a lot less fun than getting mm. an awesome full-time job. Mm. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Care to elaborate on that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, for a very minor medical condition, I was uh, trying out a mm, new prescription that's right. medicine. That's right. And it turns yeah. out I'm allergic to it. That's right. And I had never taken it before in my life. So this is how I found out I'm allergic to oh, it. Bad. So let's talk about some super fun stuff. Um, I wanted to ask us all what our favorite Discord discs or disc golf item we discovered this season nova do you have an answer to that question i do i discovered since uh lupe said that dad hats are okay <laughs> i uh i saw a nice dad hat and i got the dad hat and they're very comfortable i used to actually wear uh visors mm. all the time as a holdover from when i was playing tennis and the thing about a visor is it doesn't cover the top of your head right and I've got very dark hair, so being out in the middle of a course on a sunny day with the top of my head uncovered, it got really warm. So the hat takes care of that nicely. I am a big fan, and I'm really glad that Lupe said that they're okay. Kim, what about you? Axiom Pyro. Mm. I have been looking for a mid-range that I could use on a forehand line that was going to get me pretty good distance with a reliable fade at the end of it. Um, I mentioned this in my In the Bag that I had been working with the deflector for a while. And, oh, by the way, I had an In the Bag this year. <laughs> I was about to say, let's talk about another highlight of your season. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had an In the Bag this year, but we'll come back to that. Okay. Um, the The pyro... I get a lot of distance out of either throwing it on a gentle hyzer line or flexing it on an anhyzer line and letting it come back. Um, there were parts of my season this year that, uh, especially like at the Mid-America Open, I was doing things with that disc that last year would have been inconceivable mm. on a forehand. It was. I talk every now and then about this was the disc I wanted without even knowing I wanted it. And it just completely transformed my approach game, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Or, you know, short drives off the tee if it's a, um, like a 250-foot hole or, or something like that. It, um, the confidence I have on that wing with that disc is unlike anything I've had for any mid-range or putter. So, yeah, Axiom Pyro all the way. Nice. Yeah, I mentioned a minute ago the uh, Electron Matrix that just came out, and I love it. I haven't played with it in like a really serious round yet, um, but I already loved the Matrix, and I really like the Electron Plastic that MVP has, um, so I'm really excited to throw that a whole bunch more, but Kim will... I think appreciate this next statement of <laughs> how much in total adoration and joy I am with the uh, Fission Tesla by MVP. Oh my gosh. Like at some point I kind of realized I threw my Fission Teslas kind of better and more consistently than a lot of my other molds and they just feel so great in my hand. So I just got a bunch of them in different weights and I'm throwing them a lot um, off the tee. And they just, I don't know, we've really, really connected me in that mold. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about the Fission Tesla. It's been a huge, um, I think, 
change for my game. And I'm just feeling very, very, very good about my bag right now. So thank you, MVP and Axiom. That makes up 95% of my bag. Anyway. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's okay, the 5%? Okay, What's okay, the 5%? Okay, 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 okay. She doesn't have a, a factory sponsor. She can so, throw a mixed bag. That's totally okay. The j- that 5% is on my list. <laughs> Another thing, let's be like... So- what the heck? <laughs> Another thing I am thankful for are when ratings get dropped. It's great. <laughs> I am so thankful that part of the beautiful magic and mystery of the um, PDGA rating system is if you have a bad enough round, it just drops from your consideration of your total. And I had this horrific one round PDGA traveling league round at Rosedale back in, I think, June. It was just bizarre. It's my home course and I've never played like, well, I haven't played that bad in years and years and years. If I, It was just bizarre. So after that round, I was like, I'm just going to throw everything and experiment and I don't care. Um, so a T-bird found its way back into my bag. Uh, so I have a T-bird in there. And then the only other non-MVP gyro I have is a zone. Uh, shout out to Molly Bryan. She got me working on my flick with the zone and it's totally just a mental thing right now that I can forehand that better than other discs. And at some point, you know, maybe I'll change, but I like it and I just do whatever Paul Macbeth does. So there's that. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot of that going around, I know, right? I just, I'd feel wrong to leave 2019 without some piece of disc craft in my bag. I just, I don't know. It felt like it was the year of disc craft a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so next is the Luna and then the right. Zeus and then the Undertaker. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, I'm drawing the line. Like I said, I am super, super happy with my other. There are uh, plenty of people in Kansas but... City who would be glad to give you a buzz. Yeah. Yeah. I think I actually have a tournament stamped one around somewhere. But like I said, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> I don't feel lacking right now, uh, really, in any place in my bag. So, uh, Yeah. Any any other fun discs or disc golf items? Why don't you give me one more there, Nova? All right. I'm going to go with another non-disc item nice. because people talk about discs all day long. <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> no offense to everybody present, obviously. <laughs> uh, waterproof uh, Adidas Terex shoes. Ooh are lovely. Mm. Uh, the shoelaces looked a little weird to me. I was a little bit off put by them. Um, but they keep my feet dry. Nice. Uh, not played in the rain a lot. I mean, I play tournaments, so if it's raining, I'm playing. That's just the way it works. Yep. Uh, but they are the best things ever for the dew that is sitting out there from dawn until about, I don't know, about 11 a.m. these days. Yeah. Absolutely terrific. Uh, because it used to be that my feet didn't dry out until around two in the afternoon when the temperature got up over 90 degrees right. because <laughs> it never gets below 90 degrees until like December. Yeah. I think our summer is going to be about nine months long this year. Yeah. But yeah, the waterproof shoes, a uh, real, real game changer. Nice. Uh, big fan. I was skeptical because I'd always heard that the sorts of things that we do playing disc golf are not really the sorts of things that the shoe manufacturers had in mind so that we wear them prematurely and they get spots in the waterproof membrane where the water comes through and then it's not a waterproof shoe anymore and then what are you spending your money on? Um, But that so far has not proven to be the case. Awesome. So quite pleased. 
I like it. Kim, you got anything else on this particular topic? Uh, I, I have to give the waterproof shoes another <laughs> another nod. Um, the first round of the Kansas City Wide Open this year, you know, I was having all kinds of problems with the my footing at Waterworks on the wet pads there. And I started asking, you know, the, the women I was playing with and some other people around, you know, what, what shoes do you wear? Because what I had was just not cutting it. And um, the recommendation was Terex because apparently it's got better grip on the, um, on the bottom than Keen does. And uh, so far, I'm going to attest to that. I haven't really had too much problem slipping with uh, the waterproof shoes, although if it's, you know, almost underwater, I'm probably going to put a towel down or something for extra friction. But I have not had wet socks mm. this year that weren't because of rain that basically just drenched my entire body and there was no way to get around wet socks at that point in time. But from dew or leftover uh, moisture from previous rain, I have not had wet socks. Oh, I cannot tell you how nice it is <laughs> to play two rounds of golf with dry feet mm. when this season it's just been so wet, yep. especially in the early and middle part of it where just every single time we played, it was either rain the day before, rain the day of, or it had rained the entire week and there was just no amount of sunlight that was going to get rid of it before the tournament started. And I don't think you can really overstate how much rain there has been. I mean, the flooding was a big deal back in, what, March, April, something like that. On the road trip back from Joplin today, every single river we crossed was every bit as swollen today as it was six months ago. And there are still places in the in Iowa and in Nebraska yeah. that really haven't recovered and may still be underwater. So, mm-hmm. so. You know, so waterproof shoes. All right. So let's kind of wrap up the recap part of this and uh, maybe some standout moments from the national tour, the disc golf pro tour major uh, of any of our kind of professional players. I'll go first. I was thinking about this just like, you know, if I just stop and think about all the FPO coverage I watched this year, what immediately comes to mind? And there were two shots, and there's so many more um, if I thought about it longer, but it was just telling to me that these were the two that popped into my head immediately. I think still for me, the shot of the year was Paige Pierce's second shot on, I believe, hole 10 at the San Francisco Open uh, that last round. I got to see it in the live coverage, and then I just went back and watched it a whole bunch of times on the post-produced. Like, she didn't get off the tee very well, and then this second shot, just crazy, crazy distance on this thing. Like, um, I commented on her Instagram at the time, and I think she said she thought it was the farthest, like, golf shot she's ever thrown. Uh, and she was basically like 27 feet away for the eagle, and it was just so cool. Um, so if you haven't seen that shot, go go back and check out that coverage um, from the San Francisco Open. Like I said, it was that round three, hole 10. And then the second shot I immediately thought of was the Masters Cup 
And round one, I'm pretty sure it was on the top of the world um, shot where Zoe and Dyke almost aced. It is a cool, cool looking shot. Um, so those were the two shots that I thought of. And then I realized like how long ago those tournaments were. And they feel like sort of to me, they were just a couple of weeks. <laughs> like things started going by real fast. Um, but yeah, so much coverage this year. That's kind of another, I think, story of 2019 is the amount of just overall disc golf coverage is insane. Um, but then the FPO coverage, uh, certainly more this year, both live and post-produced than we have ever, ever had before, um, which is great. I think that's really cool. So yeah. Yeah. Nova, do you have any, anything well, that you thought of? Well, I'm going to be boring and uninteresting and go with Paige Pierce again because I'm a copycat and <laughs> she's like really good at this disc golf thing. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with, uh, a whole 18 Ledgestone final round, mm. uh, sitting in circle two or just outside circle two. And they're just up and accidentally canning it. I thought there was a, <laughs> I think there's a lot of swagger in accidentally yeah. canning one from circle two instead of just laying up and tapping in. Mm. Yeah, I definitely remember that moment. That's awesome. Kim, anything that comes to mind for you? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, the first, um, we definitely have to give a notice to the increased European presence yeah. in the sport and especially how they came to North America and really made a, a, a statement. Yeah, We've always had really good European players on the men's side that have made feature cards and, and things of that sort. But now we get to see Hannah and Evelina and Kristen and all of the um, other women from Europe who have come over. And it's good to see that. It's good yeah. to have that game on our courses and get to see how they would tackle the shot, you know, those shots in a different manner. Um, and we had Evelina win. The memorial. We had Kristen Tatar take down U.S. Women's. So, not only did they come and represent, they came and won. Mm -hmm. um, now, if we're going to say a shot that particularly stands out to me, um, I'm going to go with the final putt from Paige Birkus to win Las Vegas. Mm. Um, yeah. Right out of her hands, she knew it was good. It was, you know, kind of well outside of circle one. Mm -hmm. And she just followed it in. And that was in a playoff against mm -hmm. Katrina Allen. And this was, you know, her first big win since winning the world championship. Yeah. There were, you know, uh, concerns that maybe she wasn't going to win another big one. Mm -hmm. You know, because people always like to speculate mm -hmm. on somebody's chances and you know, Paige had put good results up, but she hadn't won the big ones, and then she won Worlds, and boom, she wins an NT. Mm. So it, it was—I thought it was a real statement win, and the drama of how she won it was exciting to me. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I remember that shot too. <laughs> it's great. hard to believe that that was this year. It I feels know, like right? it was forever ago. Yeah, it's a long season. Uh, so let's kind of just briefly, real quick, talk about looking ahead here a little bit. Um, 
last season, our last episode, we did kind of a um, how to get better episode. And I really liked it. And then I really like there's a separate segment that we recorded that you can go back and find uh, with Zoe Andike uh, that has some really good advice for off-season training and goals and just uh, ways to get better. Um, but yeah, some of our, our maybe off-season goals and plans for next year. I'll go ahead and start just because I'm really excited about my plans for next year. Uh, like I mentioned a little bit ago, I played two A-tiers this year and kind of got the um, just the experience of that, and it, it was really, really fun. Um, but we had a lot of volunteers, a lot of people helping, and since I got to experience those this year, I'm really excited next year, I'm going to put a really high priority on playing women's events of making as many of those Heartland Women's Series events as I can, and then volunteering for the Kansas City Wide Open and the MAC and some of these other things that um, I can not take, you know, I won't have to take off work, but when I can, I can volunteer for those. Um, so I feel really good. And I'm very, very excited about that plan for next year. So yeah, Kim, any brief off-season goals, anything you're really looking forward to for next season? Oh, wow. Um, I have all kinds of off-season goals. <laughs> That's why I said the word brief, not, but to your best. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. Whether or not I'm going to accomplish them is a different story. Sure. Um, like last year, I had big, lofty off-season practice goals mm. and then we had the winter that never yes. ended, oh, followed cool. by the rainfall that never ended. Yep. And so I came into the season, you know, coincidentally, anyone in the Kansas City area who has like an indoor soccer facility or something like that, if you would like to open that up <laughs> for indoor disc golf practice yeah, this winter, for real. send me a message because I'm all over that mm -hmm. i want some place to practice when it's too cold or too wet hint hint please please <laughs> on my knees begging um it doesn't even have to be like uh heated it could be just a <laughs> seriously just a yeah. gargantuan warehouse right. just you know get a forklift and push everything out of the way mm -hmm. someplace where i can throw and not have to worry about slipping on ice the entire time i would love that but what happened this year with the weather being what it was is I came into the early part of the season not getting anywhere near the work on some of the things I wanted to work on and honestly not really being in competition shape once the competition started and I struggled with that for a good portion of the year and probably most of it. Um, there were certain points in times where I felt I was reclaiming some of the ability or uh, confidence I had last year, but it never really clicked in the same manner. So my big off-season goal, if you want me to distill it down mm. to one word, is going to be getting my confidence back. Mm, yeah. You know, I want, I want the assuredness um, both off the tee and in the circle that I had last year. Mm. So that's good. A lot of practice at getting that done. Yeah. She says she needs to get her confidence back. And then we go to like a uh, three-disc event for MVP and Axiom. And she outdrives me off the box with a trace using a forehand. <laughs> We're not going to say how bad she still beat me. 
because you know the trace is one of her primary drivers, right. and I've oh, never, yeah. I had never even thrown a trace <laughs> prior to then. So, and then she just hammers one uphill on a forehand like 350 feet or something. It was just ridiculous. Oh, disco. No, I mean if if I have anything that I actually gained confidence on this year was my forehand. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was asked at one point in time, you know, how much of my game do I think is forehand based now, and I. I'm tempted to say about 45% of it, Mm, you know, that, and we played a practice round the other day where I was trying to drive Anheuser shots off the, and not, not Anheuser flex, Anheuser drives Mm. with forehands. And, uh, you know, there was one or two shots I was throwing like well over 300 feet. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I used to say my forehand was capping out about 250 and I was throwing forehands well over 300. And I'm like, why am I throwing backhands? <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> why am I throwing backhands? And I know why I throw backhands, mm-hmm. but um, I had a, I've, I have a lot of confidence on my forehand wing this year. And that, that was a good thing. But the unfortunate trade-off in a certain sense, based off of the other practice, I really didn't get that I wanted to focus on was certain other parts of my game didn't sure. didn't get the attention it needed. So this off season, confidence. Mm-hmm. What about you, Nova? Uh, do we even have an off season anymore? Um, yeah. And I'm not I'm not picking on you. Yeah. Um, just got home from the uh, four states open. This Saturday is uh, the Emporia. And then the subsequent weekend, we're going back to Emporia for two separate right. tournaments. Uh, that'll be four tournaments in two weeks at the end of September, end of September, beginning of October. And then I've got uh, probably the Raymore Rumble yep. at the end of October. I might pick up one more sometime in October. I'm not sure. There'll be a couple in November. Yeah. And then if the weather cooperates, one more in December. Mm-hmm. And then I think the uh, the frostbreaker is like what next February. Yep. So off season is going to be about six weeks, mm. and the uh, National Weather Service just pushed out their uh, latest three month forecast. And for pretty much all of the continental United States for the next three months, it's going to be warmer than average. Fingers crossed. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, significantly in some places. Yeah. So this season. Took a while to get going, but it looks like mm. it might hang on for a while. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, but to to actually answer your question, <laughs> because I probably had to get back to that. Um, gonna do my usual. Um, th- something I tell people to do, and I would be a hypocrite if I didn't do it myself, is to disc down mm. when it is actually cold or snowy out. And I'm gonna put away everything faster than a fairway driver probably at the end of December and not pick them up again until March and just spend a couple of months really, really focusing on form and maximizing distance with so-called slower discs. And then I'll hopefully be surprised by how far the big drivers go when I get them back out again. It's worked every year so far and I hope it works again. That's great. Well, wonderful conversation. Thank you both so much uh, for that. And yeah, good season. Oh, y'all. oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. I forgot. Yes. Uh, I turn 50 next year. So 
I need to go out and win some majors <laughs> yes. in, uh, in FP50. Let's do this. I hope so. I love it. Awesome. Zelensky's coming to Columbia, Missouri, so yeah, I'm going to be there. So great. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. So I wanted to give a shout out to uh, some women's upcoming events that are on the calendar, being that we're going to take a little break after uh, this episode. So update on our Throw Pink Kansas City event that's coming up this weekend that is sold out, which is awesome. Um, And I would just encourage everybody to look for Throw Pink events happening around you in the month of October. There's going to be a lot of them. Uh, It's really neat. I learned this year that how the Throw Pink charity part works is it's always a charity local to that area. Um, So check that out. And as Nova mentioned, I am really excited for the Emporia Ladies Open this Saturday uh, happening in Emporia. There's still some spots available if you want to try to make it out for that. Uh, Jenny San Filippo is running the Sparkle Open in Wisconsin on October 19th. Uh, last week we talked to Sarah Hibbs, and down in Orlando, she's going to be running the Ladies Tea Party on October 26th. And then the Phoenix Ladies Open is happening November 2nd. I have some fun facts about that coming up in a second here. And then the Alabama Women's Championship is November 23rd and 24th. So please check out those events and get you signed up. Uh, Let's do an FPO wrap-up of the A-tiers from this weekend. So, y'all, the Piney Woods Open in, I assume, Texas. Uh, Christina Linthicum. I got to give a shout out to Christina. She was on the podcast earlier this season and she has had an extraordinarily good season. She is up 47 points since January on her rating and she's up to 931, which is fantastic. She also happened to ace at this tournament, which is always good. Uh, So yeah, shout out and congrats to Christina. Shannon Prendergast took second and Heather Wyatt and Renee Farr tied for third. Uh, Out at the San Francisco Safari. So Own Scroggins is back, which is really exciting. Uh, She's a little before my time uh, in disc golf. Had y'all heard about her, watched her before? Yeah, seen a few um, rounds with her on him. Yeah, so um, she took a break and she's back playing and I'm really excited. And the, the exciting news is both her and Juliana Corver are signed up for the Phoenix Ladies Open. So that's pretty sweet. I think there's like 97 women signed up for that or something already. So yeah, get you to Phoenix if you can. That's going to be awesome. So Own Scroggins won the San Francisco Safari. Jen Allen came in second and Bailey Miller took third. At the Farragut Open out in Idaho, Sayananda took first place, Tyler Foth took second, and Carolina Halstead took third. And then the Stafford Open looked like it was really exciting. I believe that was out in New Jersey. Uh, There was a playoff between Sarah Hokum and Lisa Fakus, and Lisa won the playoff and took first place. So congrats to Lisa. And then Missy Gannon shot the hot round in round three to take third place. And then we mentioned the four states open earlier in the podcast and Nova Pleat. I'm very very (laughs) excited to actually be mentioned in this segment. This is terrific. (laughs) Nova Pleat takes the A-tier win in FPO. Kim Janola took second and Brandy Monahan took third. Fun story. Yes, please tell me a fun story about Forsyth. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tell the fun story. 
So our first time at Four States Open a couple of years ago. Um, Four years ago. Yeah, in 2016. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's four years. Okay. Um, Nova said we need to go check out this place called the Eagle Drive-In because it's supposed to have incredible burgers. And she got the recommendation from Jay Redding. And of course, Jay Redding is going to know all about great food. So we need to go there. And so on our final day at the 2016 tournament, right before we went home, we hit the Eagle Drive-In and oh my God. Goodness, was it good food. It's really good. I mean, it, 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 was, it immediately went to the top of my must-visit mm-hmm. locations and whenever I go back to Joplin. It would, they had like a, a chili lime hummus that was just incredible, and the burgers were great, and the fries came with like your choice of like six different dipping sauces, mm-hmm. like curry aioli and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, it was incredible amounts of food. Or of goodness. Yeah, imagine like the head chef of a Michelin guidebook rated restaurant decides, you know what I really want to open? I want to open a diner. Yeah, wow. And yeah. it's just that good. It's ridiculous. It <laughs> it makes no sense. I I still don't comprehend it. So this year, during the final round at McClellan, when we we're playing with Brandy, and she said, you know, hey, we're going to go out and get some food later tonight. And I'm like, yeah, we're probably going to go out to the Eagle drive-in. And she's like, that's where we're going. And this led to a conversation like, oh yeah, Nova got the recommendation from Jay Redding. And she's like, I gave Jay and Des that recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) And so that all came kind of full circle that Brandy Monahan had given Jay and Des the recommendation for the Eagle Drive-In, who gave it to Nova, who made certain that we went, and then it comes full circle when Brandy, her family, Nova and I all had dinner together on Sunday night. So, it was a neat little bit of a look how small the sport can Mm. be, but look at what it can also give you. So cool. I like it very much. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode, the end of our season. Uh, We'll probably be out with a few episodes here and there during the quote unquote off season, Uh, some interviews and things of that nature. So thank you both so, so much for being on the podcast tonight. We reach our shout out section. Nova, you got any shout outs? I'm just going to say shout out to all the fans because... Y'all are blowing me away. Every time I go to a tournament, somebody's like, hey, I love the the Red Hot Tip Top tip. I like this tip. I like that tip. Or I like Ladies of the Chains. Or give me that really cool button on your hat. (laughs) And I'm like, okay. Because it's all very flabbergasting in the best possible way. So all of y'all out there make it possible. I don't know if I've given you a shout out before. I probably have. I don't know. I'm old. I can't remember anything. (laughs) But take it. Yes, and, yeah. that's a good and that one. happened at Four States Open. We were walking the course to see the, the back nine, and somebody said, hey, are you part of Ladies at the Chains? <laughs> Why, yes, yes, we are. And hence the conversation about, oh, yeah, we love that. We listen to it all the time. It's just like, awesome. That's really cool. But in terms of uh, shout-outs, um, I'm going to say to a uh, big shout-out to Sarah Hokum who won the GMC with uh, 
you know, her partner Robin sustaining an injury and still came out and won it. But, you know, that's got to be a rough time now for for both of them. And so shout out, get better soon, Robin. And Sarah, keep on trucking. Thank you so much for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. As always, thank you to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. Thank you so much. Let me just echo Nova Kim and just again say thank you so much to all of our listeners for all of your support. Uh, let's keep talking through this off season. Keep playing some disc golf. And yeah, have a great, great few months of disc golf. And we'll catch you here next time on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast.